Good evening. Thanks for joining us. The question we have today is a very good question, and I think it's a question that can apply to not only the religion of Christianity, but also with various religions. And um, although this will be particularly looking at Christianity, um, this is a very broad-scoped question and can be very valuable and applicable, um, really no matter what we believe, because it's going to be touching on a lot of things dealing with interactions. So this question is from John Cantrell. Let's go ahead and listen to the question and get to the answer. Hi Hunter, my name is John and uh, my question pertains to how do we as Christians, um, though we have differing opinions with with what the Bible may say, you know, there's lots of denominations and stuff like that. But how do we, how do we rightly converse with other Christians where where the conversation um, doesn't start to get heated because it's this person's view versus my person's view? How do we develop a unified conversation? Okay, so John, first of all. I think a very important verse to look at when we are speaking of this idea is, of course, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. And it's a very popular verse. Most, most even laymen know it. And that's where we find the golden rule. And Jesus says there, of course, that whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. In other words, that command right there is so important that Jesus said that on it hangs the entire weight of the law of the prophets. In other words, if that core teaching of treating others as you would like to be treated is taken out, then so is everything else. And so everything hinges upon that one idea. And so, you know, when we talk about um, having contentious arguments, contentious conversations... Uh, many times I think it's due to a lack of self-awareness and application of that verse. Because while we so many times preach it and teach it, we often don't live it. Because if we truly wanted others to treat us the same way that we treated them, then we would go to people in a, in a more loving manner. Um, we would go to people in a more understanding manner. And if I have something to you that I would like to convey that I believe may be a truth or I maybe believe that I'm right in some sort of way, then I would expect for you to reciprocate, okay? I wouldn't expect you to come at me in a, in a bad way or in a hateful way or in a, in a bad attitude, correct? I would expect for you to reciprocate and come to me in the exact same way that I came to you. And so before we even engage in conversation, I think this is important even outside of Christianity. Any religion, any sort of ideology, um, just any sort of conversation that we have in the world, we should, again, have this rule that, listen, I'm only going to treat others the way I would want to be treated, and that should probably be pretty good. Um, again, Jesus said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And again, there we can infer that we have to love ourselves in some sort of way. Now, we're, again, we're not supposed to be um, arrogant and, 
and prideful, but we have to love ourselves in a certain way. So if we if we go into these conversations about religion, denominations, different doctrines, different beliefs, different dogmas, if we go into it with that mindset, even if we don't, at the end of the conversation, change our beliefs or necessarily agree with everything somebody said, maybe the other person didn't change anything um, that you believed, maybe you still hold to your convictions, we still have to make sure that we go into these conversations with that mindset of, okay, I want him to treat me good, so I'm going to treat him good as well. If you want somebody to understand your perspective of how you read the Bible, then it's only right, it's only understanding that you also give that person due consideration when they try to convey their perspective of the Bible and its teaching to you. I'd like to... Um, read a quote very quickly from a book and I want to recommend you a book it's a I believe it's, it's a very it's a very good work and it's um, titled the beauty of intolerance and it was written by Josh and Sean McDowell now Josh and Sean McDowell are apologists um, you may be familiar with their work evidence that I believe it's evidence that demands a verdict it's a very big textbook now on apologetics and they have a few other works that are also good but they're modern-day apologists, but they wrote this book together as a father and son duo called The Beauty of Intolerance, and really it was written as a kind of reaction to the postmodernistic um, way of living that we have in our society today and this mindset, and even this mindset has dealt into religion, if I must say. But in his first chapter here, now I don't have the physical copy of the book. I have the ebook on my iPhone. But in the ebook at least, this um, this quote will be taken from the very first chapter and I'm going to find this on pages 21 and 22. So, he gives a, a very good chart here. The chart is dealing with biblical understanding versus the contemporary cultural understanding and he gives just a giant list of words and the definitions for those words in each of those categories. So he gives a definition of, just for a quick example, a definition of the word dignity. And he gives that definition according to the biblical understanding. And then he also gives that exact same definition of the word dignity according to the contemporary cultural understanding. And so it really helps clarify the beliefs of not only how the world defines certain words, but how the Bible would like for us to define certain words, and how the Bible actually does, in its own sense, define certain words. But I, I want to look at just a couple words in here and give the definitions of both of these categories. So the first word is tolerance. And in the biblical understanding, this word means to recognize and respect others when you don't share their values, beliefs, and practices. Now that's important because that's exactly really what the Golden Rule is talking about. To recognize and respect others even when we may not agree with them. In other words, whatever we want others to do to us, let's do to them. So we, we of course we want others to respect our opinions. Of course we want others um, to understand our perspective. The only way we're going to 
get other people to understand our perspective is if we're kind to them, as if we're respectful and understanding of their perspective. And it's, it's supposed to be a reciprocal thing. So that's the biblical understanding to recognize, of tolerance. To recognize and respect others when you don't share their values, beliefs, and practices. But what about this contemporary cultural understanding? Well, this is quite a different definition. This says to recognize and respect that every individual's values, truth claims, beliefs, and practices are equally valid. Now, that is quite different. I mean, that is a lot different. On the one hand, you have, let's respect others, and let's tolerate their beliefs. Even if we may not agree with them, let's let's look at them as an end in of themselves, rather than a means to an end. They are intrinsically valuable as human beings. Let's recognize and respect them, and respect their values, even if we may not believe those things. We can coexist with them, and still try to teach them. That's one thing. It's a completely on the opposite end of the spectrum. It's diametrically opposed to think of this definition of the word tolerance, that we are not only supposed to recognize and respect everybody's values and truth claims and beliefs, but we are supposed to see them as equally valid. In other words, what's true for you is true for me. Um, that may be your truth, but this is my truth. And so, when, we, when it comes to tolerance, we have to understand that we need to, to tolerate um, the beliefs within Christianity. Now, does this mean we agree with everything? No, of course not. We're going to disagree on all kinds of things. But we have to understand we have to be able to tolerate others' beliefs, not saying that we accept them as valid, but that we understand that they are their own person, that they have their own beliefs, and that they may differ from ours, but it's important to give them due consideration because at the end of the day, their opinions are no better or worse than ours. They're just opinions and they're based on subjectivity. Now, let's look at another word here very quickly, and this is the word respect. Now this word respect in the biblical understanding says to give due consideration to others as valuable human beings without necessarily endorsing their beliefs and lifestyle choices. Again, we won't repeat it because this is exactly what really we just talked about earlier. But listen to the contemporary cultural understanding, and this definition of respect is this, wholeheartedly approve of others' beliefs or lifestyle choices as equally valid. Okay, that phrase keeps coming up, as equally valid. So on one end of the spectrum you have, to respect others, give consideration to them. Realize, listen, they're a valuable human being. They're intrinsically valuable, and so therefore, we should give them due consideration, um, even if we don't endorse their beliefs. And then, on the other side completely, you have this idea that, essentially, we need to approve of others' beliefs and lifestyle choices as valid. In other words, if somebody believes this, um, then it's just as true as what I believe. And that just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the world, and it really, really doesn't work when it comes to the Bible. Now, one more definition here, or two more definitions, but one more word, is the word acceptance. 
Now this in the biblical understanding is very interesting and also in the, the cultural. So, first of all, the biblical. Embrace people regardless of their beliefs and lifestyle choices. Okay. That is the acceptance in the biblical understanding. And that is very, very, very true. You do not have to agree with someone in order to embrace them. In order to say, come unto me. Okay? This is exactly what Jesus did. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wasn't just offering that invitation to people he knew were going to be Christians in the future, or to people he knew who loved Jehovah God. He gave that invitation to those who wanted it. And so we, as Christians, have to be able to embrace people regardless of their lifestyles and regardless of their beliefs. Now, as a, res as, as a response to this, and as a result to embracing them and accepting them in, we have to teach them the truth. Okay, we can't just take somebody in who may be living in a certain lifestyle that is very sinful. I'm not saying that's, that's just that they're struggling with sins, Obviously, we all struggle with sin, but that they're living this lifestyle of sin. When we say that we accept these people and we embrace these people, we're not meaning that we just say, come on in, you're part of us, and you don't have to change one bit. It's not what it's saying. It's just meaning that we embrace these people. We let them know that they have a place to come home, essentially, that they have a friend in me, and that they can trust that I will do everything that I can to help them get past these struggles that they're having and to start looking toward God. Now you may say, well, how in the world does this apply to the question that I asked? How does this uh, apply to you know different religions and, and doctrines and denominations, those things? It applies because if we're going to accept others... You know, so many times there's this division and there's this dissension of fellowship, whether we should fellowship certain people. How about this? Why don't we just love everybody? Why don't we embrace everybody? And when we have differences, when we have things, opinions that may divide us in some way, we come together and we actually talk about them. You know, we come together and we, we do our best to be transparent. Um, and I really think that that is the key. Now, let me read the cultural definition. The cultural de cultural definition is not only endorse, but actually praise others for their beliefs and lifestyle choices. Okay, again, this is this is what we're saying that's wrong. If I believe that you're wrong in something, if I truly believe it, that you're wrong, I'm going to go to you, and I'm going to speak with you about it. But I'm not going to sit back if I believe you're wrong and praise your lifestyle because that would be hypocritical because I would say on one hand that you're wrong but then on the other hand I would say keep doing what you're doing. Now either that would mean that I myself am foolish or that I just don't like you as a person. I want you to continue to do what you're doing so that way you will reserve a just, or you will deserve and receive a just reward for all of your actions. Now, that is very, a very, very poor attitude. That is not the attitude that we should have. So, the idea of the golden rule is very, very, very important here. 
And I think these three definitions, uh, or these three words and, and their following definitions, are very important to help us understand how we should act, not only amongst the world, but amongst Christians in general. Now let me just go to one more place. And we're going to actually have to hurry up here with this. And this is in Romans. Romans chapter 14. Now this is a, goodness, this is a great, great passage. And this really right here, I think, is where we have to understand how to distinguish between things. Okay? So Romans chapter 14. Here Paul writes, Now him that is weak in the faith, take unto you, not in disputes about thoughts, Okay, so basically, not in disputes about opinions. For one believeth that he may eat all things, but he that is weak, let him eat herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And he that eateth not, let him not judge him that eateth. For God hath taken him to him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own Lord he standeth or falleth. And he shall stand, for God is able to make him stand. For one judgeth between day and day, and another judgeth every day. Let every man abound in his own sense. In other words, let every man be convicted in his own opinions. Uh, make sure you're studied in what you believe. Um, verse 6. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that eateth eateth to the Lord. For he giveth thanks to God, and he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and he giveth thanks to God. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, or whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and rose again, that he might be Lord, both of the dead and of the living. But thou, why judgest thou thy brother? Or thou, why dost thou despise thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So, basically what Paul's getting at here is that they were struggling with a lot of opinions. A lot of them were based on the old law and you know what, what they should eat and what they shouldn't and what they should abstain from, all these things. And he's saying, listen, a lot of this stuff is just opinion. Don't draw lines of fellowship about it. Why are you arguing about it? Why are you causing another brother to stumble about it? Don't you understand that we are going to be judged by Christ? You know, Paul even said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, it's a very small thing for me to be judged by you. Paul wasn't concerned about the judgment of humans. Paul was concerned about the judgment of God. And listen, that's what we have to be as well. We can have these... Um, conversations it's good to have conversations amongst believers and amongst those who hold different opinions we have to have conversations in order to be transparent and in order to know what each other believes and if we believe something different we can go to them but we we have to understand that some of these things are opinion and that is really where that fine line is drawn there are some things that are just opinion, and there are some things that are clearly doctrine. You know, there are some things that you just can't throw out of Christianity. For, uh, for example, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You just can't throw that out of Christianity and expect to just say, oh, that's an opinion. Okay, those, those sort of things are central. Those, things, those sort of things are key to the Christian religion and the Christian doctrine. And we have to keep those things 
sound to the best of our ability. Those things are things that we can draw lines of fellowship on. But there are certain things, like opinions, and these things, I think you're, you're sort of alluding to in, in your question, these sort of different beliefs and practices that are really opinion-based, that may not, you know, they're probably not salvific at all, but for whatever reason, we, we choose to nitpick everything. Here's really the conclusion of the whole matter, I think. And this is in Romans chapter 12 and verse 18. Here Paul says, If it be possible, as much as is in you, have peace with all men. So, I know that it's easier said than done. But... If we just practice the golden rule and we understand that opinions are opinions and that we need to be respectful of one another's opinions. Now, this is the problem because this, we can't start binding opinions on people, okay? Because then that that's wrong. We can't bind opinions on people. If you're going to hold an opinion, and all of us do, okay? If you're going to hold an opinion, you have to be able to understand, wow, this is an opinion, this is not something that is doctrinal. This is not something that is salvific. Rather, it is an opinion, and it can be changed, it can be left behind, or it can be adopted. And it will perhaps strengthen one's faith, but it's not going to cause somebody to turn away from God. And so, we really need to practice the golden rule in everything we do. And when we come to these types of areas of conversation with believers of different beliefs, if you will, as far as doctrine and those things go. We have to know what an opinion is. We have to be able to understand to bear with one another gently, and we have to do unto others as we would have them do unto us.